Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We got nothing but smiles over here since our beloved New Orleans Saints have now rattled off three wins in a row after defeating their division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Dome this past Sunday. Without Hall of Fame and team leader Drew Brees, the Saints have now defeated the Seahawks, Cowboys, and Buccaneers to put themselves second in the NFC, and the team leads the division with a 4-1 and record. It's a very exciting time, and it's always fun to break down a win, so we're going to get right into it. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, joined by my co-host and only other man more excited than I am about this win, <laughs> Tyler Raymond. Man, what a win and performance by the team, especially the defense there on Sunday, uh, and, and with how great this team has been in October. Is it safe to say that this team has some like uh, October voodoo, Tyler, down there in, down there in New Orleans? They, they just keep winning I- in New Orleans. They can't lose. Yeah. I don't know if it's so much voodoo. I think it's more or less uh, hashtag three win Teddy. Uh, Teddy's like been that. playing really well. The defense has been stepping up. Uh, here's a quote from a famously terrible quarterback. Let's eat a W. But the Buccaneers, you choked on that W and you gave us the win. So, yeah, I'm really excited. You're excited. It's going to be a great episode to talk about. Um, we've got a lot of good stuff to go over. There's not really one negative thing to really talk about in this game. So, yeah, it's going to be a good episode. Yeah, other than the fact, and I think we'll talk about this a couple of times, and we'll probably talk about it uh, when we preview the Jaguars game, the Saints should have won this game 31-17. to I mean, They should have won this game by two touchdowns. They gave up another garbage-time touchdown to this Buccaneers team, which should not have happened. But other than that, you're right, Tyler. There's, there's really not much to say other than the drop by Kamara that led to the interception. We'll get to that in a little bit too. Yeah. There really weren't many flaws in this game. The 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 Saints offensive line played phenomenally. Uh the defensive line also played great. Uh and and we'll get to all that in a minute. But yeah, uh, initial reactions to all this. I I I just want to talk about the fact that the Saints are now 4 and 1, 3 wins in a row, undefeated at home so far. Uh this is so far better a better start to the season than i was expecting right because that first four games of the season we all knew it was going to be tough and really we said if the saints can come out of there two and two and that was when we thought drew Brees was of course going to be playing in all four of those games so the saints can come out two and two they're gonna be just fine well they came out of there three and one and now they went against tampa bay who was red hot again they they had just defeated the rims 55 to 40 the week before absolutely on fire on a roll coming to New Orleans, and they look like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of old, right? The, 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 the Jameis Winston can still sling the ball, right? But he's going to take a lot of yeah. sacks, and that's exactly what happened. The Rams weren't really able to get to Winston uh, the, the Sunday before. The Saints were all over him. Um, and then, uh, of course, their, their running game, uh, which is by committee, even though they did get a rushing touchdown, it was still you know overall shut down by one of the better rushing defenses in the NFL. So the Saints just stepped up to the plate and and they performed very well. And there's not you can't say enough about Teddy Bridgewater and and his performance. I'm yeah. still just so amazed at he's been able to recover from that injury and sign to a team and then be traded to become a backup uh, to to Drew Brees here in New Orleans. And he's been nothing but humble. And when he's had the opportunity to step up to the plate like he has now, despite all of the hate, I, I, I shouldn't necessarily call it hate. I should call it disappointment and um, uncertainty. Adversity, yeah. And that that is provided even by Saints fans towards Bridgewater, which happened, right? When Breeze went down and Bridgewater didn't perform well against the Rams, n- not a lot of people had Bridgewater's back. Uh, the, the team did. The coaching staff did. We all know that. Fans, they, a lot of fans left him on the doorstep. 
and I still feel bad for Teddy for, for that because Saints, we usually don't do that to, to our players. Saints fans usually treat their players no matter what with a lot, a lot of respect, and I feel like yeah. Bridgewater was kind of getting disrespected when he had that poor performance against uh, the Rams, and then even to begin the game against the, the Buccaneers with the interception, I still saw people kind of trashing him, and it was quite, quite frankly, kind of sad to see. Um, but Bridgewater shut them all up. Uh, yeah. the, the, you should not be a bandwagon Bridgewater fan. You you should have been a Bridgewater. And I, I know I've criticized Bridgewater in the past too, but I was I never never not had his back. And, yeah, and that's I never same for you, him. Tyler. Yeah, well, neither of us really doubted Bridgewater. We all said, hey, he's going to have to climb a giant hill to kind of fill these shoes of Drew Brees. Yeah, the expectations are very high when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback that right. goes down and you have all these fans, a good chunk of them, very young fans who are only known to success, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really tough. But I think he's done a really good job, though, you know, meeting yeah, those expectations. And he's playing his own game, too. The Saints offense is now tailored for Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, and, and he's, he, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit. He's now throwing the ball down the field more, too, which is what everybody was begging him to do, and he's doing it. Uh, yeah. And I really like it. But I think the MVP of this game, despite how well Bridgewater played, it's got to go to Marshawn Lattimore, right? I mean, after the game Mike, Haven, Mike Evans had uh, against the Rams and then just kind of the season he has had, has been kind of up and down, but the last two weeks before this game he had been balling. Yeah. Zero receptions from, uh, what is it, three targets. Marshawn Lattimore absolutely shut him down. All, all, uh, P.J. Williams also shut down Mike Evans on a play, which was fantastic. But, I, yeah, MVP of this game goes to Marshawn Lattimore to me, even though Bridgewater played really great. But Chris Godwin kind of went off. He had, uh, I think he had two touchdowns um, and led the team in receptions. Mike Evans was a ghost out there, and it was due in part to Marshawn Lattimore. He covered him for 80% of the snaps, uh, and I just love that dominating performance. Also, big shout-out to Ryan Ramchick, uh, who shut down Shaq Barrett, who was coming off of a, I believe it was a three-sack forced fumble-fumble recovery game. uh, Yeah, leading the league in sacks like nine. Yeah, Yeah, he had nine total sacks coming in the league. None against the the Saints um, on this last Sunday, which is absolutely just incredible to me. Um, yeah. I actually want to see if they even got any sack. Yeah, they did not sack Teddy Bridgewater once that whole game. Uh, yeah. Which is – absolutely. And the Saints had six sacks themselves. So shout out to that offensive lineman. Shout out to Marshawn Lattimore for – those are the zeros that we need to see. Zero sacks given up and zero – uh, receptions given up to their number one red receiver. MVPs of the game yeah. right there to me. Uh, of course, Bridgewater was finding ways, and I, and you wrote this perfectly too, Tyler. Teddy Bridgewater finding ways to move the chains and airing the ball out downfield proved a major success and the Tampa Bay's weak secondary. Yeah. He will, that's the key, too, to the Saints' offense is picking up first downs consistently, right? It doesn't have to yeah. be if, – if you can get to a second and five and then a first down right after that, and you can do that a couple times, that's how we get those time-killing – drives that lead to points that, that that's how we're able to keep the ball out of the other offense's hands and letting our own do the work uh and, and bridgewater did that marvelously i'm with you and again the the play calling again is tailored for him um mm-hmm. and i'm excited to talk about uh when we preview the jaguars game because i like their play calling a lot for their uh rookie quarterback that they had to insert due to injury as well gardner Minshew. They've been able to tailor their offense for him as well. I'm excited to talk about how both of those will kind of look. But this Saints, this Saints offense is is, is you got to give how much credit goes to Pete Carmichael for this, Tyler? I mean, like he, the dude, even though Sean yeah. Payne does call a lot of plays, Pete Carmichael, I feel like he doesn't give a whole lot of credit for what he does with his offense. And and you look at what 
that Camara pass. Uh, that was a pretty cool play call. I think I wasn't expecting that. I think Pete, Pete Carmichael deserves a lot more credit. That might just yeah. be me, though. Well, with me, what I was going to say is, uh, for example, with Drew Brees, right? What is Drew Brees known for? His accuracy and his ability to exploit defenses and pick them apart. We've said it, like, I've said before on Twitter. I've seen it said before on Twitter. He's a surgeon. He picks apart defenses, right? I think a part of it goes to the play calling with Pete Carmichael and Sean Payton, you know, offensive geniuses, gurus. They help anybody they they lay their hands on. But with Teddy Bridgewater, you have a quarterback. His skill sets might be different than Drew Brees's, but he's still able, especially with a weak defense like Tampa Bay's, passing defense to, in a sense, exploit their weaknesses, pick them apart, find the open seams, find the open routes, find, uh, for example, on the Tekken Jr. touchdown. He was able to find him wide open down the field, 30-plus yard touchdown. You know, like, just yeah. little things, it, it, it makes it really easy for Teddy, especially when you have great uh, coaches beside him. But, like, it, it goes to say, too, though, just how explosive this offense is when you still have a competent quarterback in Teddy. You know? that Right. So, and another quick thing, too, um, uh, I wanted to mention just how, like, amazing this team in general has been stepping up if you uh, if you ask siri um on your phone uh, did mike evans play against the saints obviously he did but um uh siri would be like did no mike he didn't i saw that on twitter i thought saints. that was funny and and like he shut him down man like our offensive line was so good sorry i, I was trying it out right now and it, it didn't work for me i'm sorry oh i saw it on twitter but yeah. sorry but um no that's all right yeah, like the offensive line shut them down. Shaq Barrett, literally nowhere. There were tweets everywhere. Like uh, some of them blew up asking, "Oh, have you seen Mike Evans? He went missing." And oh my god, man, I mm-hmm. loved it. Like, yeah, even despite the Buccaneers putting up some a good amount of points on offense, the Saints shut it down. They they got it done, man. Like I, I'm just like. Even without Drew Brees, like, not to say that we don't need him. We definitely need him. But, like, the way we've been playing, man, just wait till we get him back, man. Right. It's crazy. And, I mean, that's the whole reason we signed or traded for Bridgewater, too. We've said this in the past before. We traded for Bridgewater last season, last offseason, just in case something happened to Drew Brees. Knock on wood. Right, exactly. I mean, it's already happened. But yeah. that's why we traded for him, because if, if Breeze goes down, we still have Super Bowl aspirations, and we just need a, a, a really solid Band-Aid there to cover the wound until Breeze can return. At this point, though, I would feel confident with Bridgewater being the starter the rest of the season. Obviously, Honestly, I would probably agree with you. I mean, I mean, I think he's the he's the best backup quarterback in the entire league, and he could definitely start oh, on agree. a couple of teams. So, I mean, I think that's pretty fantastic. Think, I think we're really lucky. we got to count our, count our stars yeah. for that. But, yeah, defensive line dominates. Second game this season with six sacks. Um, Insane, man. And and the first one was, of course, week one against uh, Houston. Um, you'll, I mean, and, and the sacks came by uh, – Carl Granderson had a sack. Um, Dude, he did the worms. He did the that was That was cool. Um, and, and I was surprised to see him play. I mean, I yeah, understand everything going on with him. Like jail. Yeah, exactly, right, for – I don't know. We, we've talked about it before. Uh, I'm sure you all have heard about it. I don't really want to get too deep into it because I still have conflicted feelings about that. But great sack by him. You also saw a couple of Sheldon shimmies 
always freaking amazing to see Davenport, Cam Jordan getting in there. I mean, the whole defensive line. Miles Davis, everybody, man. Defensive Malcolm line. Um, yeah. Mal- I forgot Malcolm Brown had a had a great sack. Um, and then, of course, you had the Ted Ginn Jr. and Jared Cook touchdowns, which uh, we, we, we and we've talked about it before. Michael Thomas has been the only Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, but Michael Thomas has been the only consistent outside receiver there for the Saints. And we've been calling on Cook's number forever. He had a yeah, couple of nice catches in this, up. including the touchdown. Ted Ginn Jr. was wide open on his touchdown. That was super awesome. And I already mentioned the Saints offensive line, of course, playing great. Um, so let's just go do drive-by-drive analysis let's uh, do it. real quick. So to start the game off, three punts in a row. Uh, one by Tampa Bay, Saints punted. But on the Saints' uh, first drive of the game, which ended in a punt, they still were able to shave off about three minutes off the clock. Um, and the first play of the game for them was a, um, a great pass and catch from Teddy Bridgewater and Michael Thomas, which gets them a first down. Um, but unfortunately, after that, they end up having to punt due to an incompletion to Jared Cook, who essentially dropped the ball. But that's okay. He, he ends up redeeming himself later on. Uh, the Bucks go three and out next drive. And then the Saints have a nine-play, four-and-a-half-minute drive right after that. Um, which starts out with a really, really nice pass uh, for 34 yards to uh, Michael Thomas, which was just a great catch. It was right over Carlton Davis, uh, drops it right into the breadbasket. And then you have a couple of plays later, Jared Cook makes another catch to gain four yards, um, which sets the Saints up for fourth and one. um, And this is inside Tampa Bay 15-yard line, or sorry, inside Tampa Bay's 20-yard line. Uh, but on fourth and one, the Saints go for an Alvin Kamara. Almost looks like he's going to be stopped in the backfield. Actually ends up getting a first down with a six-yard rush. Um, and then after a couple of short gains and then an incompletion, the Saints uh, are forced to kick a field goal, but Will Lutz lands the 29-yard field goal. So with 3.58 left in the first quarter, the Saints are up 3-0. to zero, And then the Saints defense forces another punt. Another three and out, I should say, actually. Um, it's it's The play calling early on for Tampa Bay was very conservative. They they tried rushing the ball as much as they could. The Saints were stopping that. And then they tried, you know, a pass on third down. And uh, this third down in particular on third and three, this was when P.J. Williams has such a nice pass breakup against uh, Mike Evans in the slot. Shout out to, to Williams. That was great. So this is, uh, Saints get the ball back after the punt. Unfortunately, uh, they only gain two yards, and on third down, they throw an interception. Uh, this interception was uh, on Kamara more than that Bridgewater. That was terrible. Um, it was right, right yeah. at the numbers too. Yeah. He really, should have caught that. it's a ball he should he 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 should catch, uh, and and it's a ball that he catches nine times out of ten as well. Um, but obviously, was not in the cards for him that time. Um, and then uh, since they get the ball back, pretty much at their own or sorry, at the Saints 30-yard line, roughly the, um, or, yeah, Saints 34 is when they get it. Oh, no, they actually get it on their 20. They intercept it at the 34. It's a 14-yard return, and they get set up in the red zone right away. They only need two plays. Um, Winston was sacked by Malcolm Brown for a six-yard loss, but then very next play, Chris Godwin, who's been balling out this season, gets a really nice pass from uh, Jameis Winston for the touchdown. Now, the Saints, trailing 7-3 to three now, could... Could have, you know, just kind of wallowed in their own mistakes and, uh, you know. Not today. Not today. Nine-play drive right after that. And 75 yards, they go the whole length of the field, take up five minutes, um, which bleeds into the second quarter. Um, It starts out with a 12-yard rush by Latavius Murray. um, And then 
Uh, a couple of plays later, we have a 18-yard completion to Michael Thomas, which is also really, really nice. I think that that was the push-off uh, that Thomas had that was not called for OPI. Um, I think there were a couple of plays there that weren't called. But at the end of the day, I mean, Michael Thomas is going to catch that ball regardless, right? I mean, yeah, I, I don't care if he pushes him. off can't or not. Yeah, he can't guard him. So, um, But, yeah, that's an 18-yard gain. Um, and then very next play, Taysom Hill actually comes in on first and 10 from the Tampa Bay 42 could have hit Ted Ginn jr. For a very long touchdown. And he was looking at him, but he decides to sling it to Michael Thomas. And he still picks up 18 yards in the middle of the field. Um, and then, uh, a couple of plays later, we get a couple of scrambles by Teddy Bridgewater. We get a couple of rushes by Alvin Kamara. And then, um, on first and 10 from the Tampa Bay 14 yard line, Michael Thomas gets a pass from Teddy Bridgewater and fights his way into the end zone, touches pylon for the first touchdown of the day for the saints. So it's now 10 to seven saints are up. Now the defense would have been awesome to hold the bucks to zero points this next drive, but they go 51 yards on eight plays and they end up uh, getting a field goal. Um, and the big play on this drive were actually a couple of rushes by Ronald Jones, which picks up, uh, Looks like a total of uh, 23 yards on j- just, or 27 yards just on that rush by uh, uh, Ronald Jones uh, throughout that entire drive. Um, now, there's another sack by Marcus Davenport, or uh, another sack for the Saints, this time by Marcus Davenport on second and nine on the New Orleans 29 after they've kind of marched down the field, which loses them six yards. There's a fumble, uh, but Tampa Bay is able to recover it, and that's at, uh, so they still lose six yards. Um, and then Ronald Jones has another uh, 11-yard rush. Um, and then uh, the, because that was on third and 15, so it's fourth and four, the uh, Buccaneers are forced to kick field goal. So now it is all tied up at 10. Um, and good again, stop, Yeah, it, w- it was a good stop, right? Because if, if, if the uh, – I would have loved zero points there, but the Saints defense, rush defense, kind of got gashed there. Luckily, we didn't get yeah. a touchdown. But very next drive for the Saints. They respond nicely with another eight-play, 75-yard drive, taking up another – uh, five minutes off the clock. This was super important here because this is leading us into halftime, essentially. This is the last full drive before we go into halftime. Um, and <clears throat> on first and 20, after a offensive holding call, um, there is a uh, disqualification penalty on Carlton Davis, uh, which is 15 yards. Um, I actually didn't watch that play. They didn't show it in any highlights, but Davis got ejected, um, and it was an incomplete pass to Jared Cook. So my guessing Dang. is, I, I actually didn't even see or, or read about the play, but I know that he got ejected. So that gives the Saints a free 15 yards. They're not at their own 30. Um, and then there's uh, a false start, which moves them back a little bit. And that was also a, a kind of a theme here. A lot of penalties against the Saints. Um, a lot of penalties against kind of both teams. But um, Bridgewater completes a pass on third and six to Michael Thomas for eight yards, which gets them a first down. Um, and then Kamara has an 11-yard rush on the next play. Um, and then Taysom Hill comes in at quarterback. He uh, drops back but ends up having to scramble, but he picks up the first down after gaining 11 yards. Right after the two-minute warning, uh, Teddy Bridgewater completes a nice deep ball to Josh Hill down at the Tampa Bay 10. That was a gain of 26. Um, and then uh, two plays later, Jared Cook gets that really nice slant pass touchdown from nine yep. yards out to score another touchdown for the Saints. And this is with 32 seconds left on the clock. And the Saints are now up 17-10 to 10 going into halftime. So uh, coming back from halftime, very first play, uh, f- or very first drive for the Saints, three-play 75-yard drive, 
and this was the Tedgan Jr. touchdown. So it actually starts out, this was the Michael Thomas 42-yard um, pickup that was the OPI that I was actually mentioning. This was the, the first play of um, the second half. Uh, the Buccaneers actually challenged this play uh, because offensive pass interference was not called on the field. However, uh, the play was upheld. So Tampa Bay loses a timeout. Uh, the Saints still gained 42 yards. It was a push-off on Thomas. Granted, I don't know why they didn't overturn it because it was it was kind of clear that it was a push-off. But contact is contact. If if if, if uh, Hargraves is also kind of touching Thomas there, I mean, yeah. when you look over and replay, I think the, the, the refs, that's kind of what they determined. Um, and then two plays later, Ted Ginn Jr. gets a wide-open pass from Teddy Bridgewater, 33 yards out for a touchdown. Saints are now up 24-17. to Unfortunately... <laughs> the Bucks are able to have a eight minute forty second drive, seventeen plays, seventy five yards, to tie up the game, or sorry, not tie up the game, but to, to only be down seven. It's twenty four to seventeen after they get that touchdown. And on that drive, a couple of rushes there. Peyton Barber um, is able to pick up a first down, um, and then an Eli Apple interception is actually negated because of defensive holding on AJ Klein, which was so unnecessary. It was um, terrible. It was it was really bad. Um, so that negates an Eli Apple interception, which would have been <laughs> crazy momentum. Um, and then a couple of incomplete passes lead to a third and 11, which is actually picked up by Chris Godwin when he's being covered by PJ Williams. They barely get the first down there. Um, and then a few plays later, third and one, the, um, bucks are stuffed, but then they go for it on fourth and one and Chris Godwin picks up 14 yards. That was really the only catch Marshawn Lattimore gave up all gain, all of the game um a couple of rushes again by ronald jones lead to a first and 10 on the saints 14 um and then uh, another pass to godwin for 12 yards sets them up on the goal line essentially and a few plays later after a couple of incompletions uh peyton barber rushes it in for two yards so that drive was kind of ugly but it shaved off a lot of time which actually ends up being in favor of the saints right because they're still up um and you know obviously it's still the the second quarter but there's only five minutes or second half third quarter there's only five minutes left of the third quarter in this point um and after a couple of drives that end in punts for both teams the saints have a 13 play 91 yard drive which takes off uh six and a half minutes off the clock bleeds us into the third quarter uh on that drive uh it's third and 10 after two incompletions start out then we get a 20 yard incompletion to michael thomas um and then Taysom Hill comes in at quarterback again, uh, but this time he just hands it off to to Kamara. Um, and then uh, on third and three from their own 36, uh, we get a really nice pass to from Bridgewater to Kamara for eight yards. And um, it would have been a first down regardless because there was defensive holding, which was declined on the Buccaneers. Um, Taysom Hill comes in at quarterback again. Uh, for a three-yard gain. Bridgewater comes in uh, for a six-yard gain, so it's third and one on the 10 Bay 47. Um, and then Kamara is actually able to pick up the first down and where he got 13 yards. Um, or, or my bad. Alvin, this, this was a play where Alvin Kamara got handed the ball, and then he throws it 13 yards down the field to Josh Hill for the first down. That was a super cool play call. I was yeah. not expecting that. Um, <laughs> and then a few plays later from the Tampa Bay 12. Sorry. From the Tampa Bay 27, uh, Alvin Kamara actually gets a 15-yard pass uh, from Teddy Bridgewater. And then on the Tampa Bay 12, Michael Thomas breaks a couple tackles, has a spin move, and gets in for a touchdown. That was um, awesome. That was such a cool touchdown. And he, he had a nose for the end zone, too, this whole game. Um, yeah. Man. Which was great. Um, and then, so Saints are up 31-17. to 
Three drives in a row by each team. Punt by the Bucks. Punt by the Saints. Punt by the Bucks again. Two of them are three and outs, which the Bucks go for negative nine yards, which was just just an absolutely ugly drive. Um, and then the Saints actually turned the ball over on downs, but at this point, uh, there's only about um, like a minute and change. Yeah, left. a minute ten left in the game. Saints Saints turned the ball over on downs, but that's fine. A minute ten left. Saints. And by the way, the the Bucks start with the ball at their own twenty two yard line. The Saints give up a touchdown on this drive, guys. This, like, this, how does that happen? I don't know. Chris Godwin ends up getting the touchdown, um, and there was just a lot of. I mean, the Saints played decent coverage too throughout the whole thing. But if they would have just tackled Godwin down at the end, I mean, time would have ran out and there was no touchdown. So yeah. it was kind of sad to see. But with that being said, the final score ends up being thirty one twenty four. Saints come away uh, with a win. First off, Tyler, man, wow, what a game! Yeah, right. What a performance! What a, I guess, step up game for this because. There were a lot of times with with the interception, uh, with Tampa Bay answering right back uh, after a couple of drives. The Saints stuck with it, and you got to give a lot of credit to Teddy Bridgewater for that, for, for being the leader and keeping his head down. But, yeah, the Saints had 25 first downs this entire game compared to Tampa Bay only had 19. Um, but 18 of those first downs were, came via passing. Uh, so that's super impressive. Um, the Saints were 8 for 15 from third down. They started the game out 0 for 4. But just slowly got better from there, and the Buccaneers were uh, three for eleven um, on third down. Um, Saints ran twelve more plays; they had almost double the yards that the uh, Bucks had four fifty-seven compared to um, four or two fifty-two. Um, they each had eleven drives. Uh, Saints had six point eight yards per play compared to four point six for the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. More passing yards, more rushing yards, uh, more red zone opportunities. Uh, Saints had six penalties for 40 yards. Bucks had four penalties for 30 yards. Saints had one turnover. Bucks did not. But time of possession, Saints 33-27. Bucks 26-33. That is almost the story of the game right there. The Saints were able to to kill a lot of time with the uh, with the yards. So um, yeah, I was very 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 impressed by this team. Um, before I get into box score or anything, is there um, anything sticking out to you, Ty? Anything you wanna yeah. you wanna say about the game real quick before I get into stats? Um, just more or less, I think the Saints played to their strengths coming into this game. Uh, uh, people knew we talked about the stats before how the Buccaneers are a have one of the best uh, rushing defenses in the league. So obviously. Their goal was going to be to limit Camaro, and that meant that other people had to step up. And in this case, Teddy did. Had a great performance, four touchdowns. Led the Saints to be 4-1 now. Um, other people stepped up. Despite the penalties, this was a game that offensive line dominated. As always, uh, more importantly, uh, Eric McCoy, the, the center, did a great job. And Ryan Ramchek, the Ram, man, he he always dominates, that's for sure. And I've got some stats on him later, but... um. Just uh, offensive line dominated. Defensive line was dominant, too. Like, they crushed it, too, man. And it was, it was just a great overall win. I can't wait to hear the stats you're about to say. Yeah. So. No, it really was. And, um, yeah, the Saints got Kamara, tried to get Kamara going as much as they could. 16 carries, 62 yards, about a four-yard average. Latavius Murray also had a four-yard carry average with uh, seven carries, 28 yards. Again, total, the Saints had 112 rushing yards compared to Tampa's 94. Um, yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater was 26-34, 314 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, uh, with a rating of 131.3. That is absolutely fantastic, considering Very good. Baker Mayfield's rating <laughs> from 
what was that Monday night was thirteen point four, which I read. If you drop back on every single pass of the game and just spike the ball into the ground, your your rating is going to be thirty nine point zero. So wow. the fact that Mayfield's was thirteen point that that says quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then Taysom Hill was one one for eighteen yards. Camaro was one one for thirteen yards. So really, only eight incompletions all night. That's some pretty good efficiency there for the Saints passing. Michael Thomas, of course, leading the team in receptions and yards, eleven for one eighty two. That's sixteen and a half average. Two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, thirteen targets. Still fantastic efficiency there. Camara six catches for forty two yards. Jared Cook had four catches for forty one yards and that touchdown. You also had Ted Ginn Jr. having that thirty three yard touchdown reception. He only had one other catch too, which was uh, for two yards. Um, and then Josh Hill three catches for thirty nine yards. He's quietly had a very nice season, very dependable season for the Saints. Um, reliable. Deontay Harris muffed a punt as well. I forgot to mention mm-hmm. that, but luckily the Saints were able to recover. Um, and defensively, really all-around effort there. Uh, Demario Davis led the team in in um, tackles with seven, and he Pretty had one usual. tackle for loss. He also had a uh, pass breakup. Uh, or, yeah, two pass breakups. PJ one of them w- would have been a touchdown. Yes, if yes. If it weren't for Demario Davis. That was a super nice play by him. P.J. Williams had a pass breakup. Marshawn Lattimore had two himself. Uh, A.J. Klein had six total tackles. P.J. Williams had five. Von Bell, David Onyemata had four apiece. Rankins, Malcolm Brown, Marshawn Ladmore had three tackles apiece. And then Davenport, Cam Jordan, Carl Granderson, and Cam Alonzo all had um, two tackles apiece. Um, Granderson had a sack and a tackle for loss. Cam Jordan had a sack and tackle for loss. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess sacks count as tackles for losses, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Granderson had a sack. Cam Jordan had a sack. Marcus Davenport had two sacks. Brown had a sack. And then Sheldon Rankins had a sack. So shout out Davenport stepping up. I know a lot of Saints fans were, you know, clowning on the people who said Davenport was a bust, stupid of the Saints to give up, quote-unquote, two first-round picks for him, blah, blah, blah. Um, he really, he really balled out. Yeah, um, but he yeah, did. Those are the um, box score stats for the Saints for that game. But, Tyler, you have even more in-depth stats. You got, you got PFF grades, you have some snap counts. Let's get into that, bro. That's, that tells a pretty full story. Yeah, the, the meat and potatoes are... Uh, in my opinion, of the stats, man. We, if you have listened to this podcast, you know uh, how much we love them, especially me. PFF, they're dedicated to bringing everything amazing about stats and pro football and other sports to our viewing pleasure. So let's get into it. This was from a few days ago. Uh, just uh, search on Twitter if you guys want to check out the stats or any new posts that PFF, uh, the Saints, the Saints PFF, Twitter account post. Just look up PFF No Saints. So the greats have arrived. Let's just start off with the GOAT, Michael Thomas, with his eighth career elite single game grade. The prolific Michael Thomas is your highest grade player on offense in week five. Considering he torched the box defense, that's not really a surprise. He had a 90.7 overall grade, a 90.6 receiving grade. We already uh, said on the stats how dominant he was. I'll just I'll re-mention him in case you weren't listening. 11 catches on 12 targets, 182 yards, two touchdowns, and 158.3 pass rating. As PFF says, who dat? Okay, so the next one, uh, if you're interested in fantasy football leaders, Teddy Bridgewater had 27.3 points. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Mike, uh, speaking of Michael Thomas, too, a big thing for receivers and sometimes even big-name receivers struggle is press coverage. 
If you guys don't know what that means, basically that's coverage where typically the defensive back, whether that be the corner, the safety, they press you at the line of scrimmage to throw off your route. Uh, Michael Thomas had a 94.5 receiving grade against press coverage. Uh, looks this season. The best of any wide receiver in the NFL. And they're like, he's not kidding, folks. He's really good. And they actually quoted a tweet by Michael Thomas that said, 9 for 9 this week, 5 for 5 last week. You see the pattern, who that? All right, let's get into it. On defense, earning the highest grade on defense in week five, our boy, Eli Apple, with a 79.1, yeah, overall grade and an 80.4 coverage grade. And here's a fun fact, a fun stat for you, Dayton. With Apple and Lattimore as a primary coverage men, they limited the powerful duo of Evans, Evans and Godwin, mostly Godwin, of course, in this game, to a combined two catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Mm. Then they go on to say that, let's read this too. When, uh, for a little, for anyone that was confused on that, because obviously Godwin went off for a lot more than that. When it was either Lattimore or Apple as the primary defenders on Evans and Godwin, they combined for those stats. Mm-hmm. The bigger numbers for Godwin came against PJ and Bell as the primary coverage men. Godwin plays a lot uh, out of the slot. So hopefully that clears up any confusion. And their uh, coverage stats for Apple and Lattimore. Apple had three targets for one catch, a 26 yards and a touchdown, and 105.6 rating. Not too bad. And Lattimore, uh, a, little, uh, a little bit better, had four targets, two catches, 25 yards, one pass breakup, and a 69.8 uh, rating. Let's see here. Ryan Ramchek, I mentioned him earlier, how he's literally a Ram. Um, he's been dominant this season. His overall grade of a 83.4 is fourth among all tackles in the league right now. His passing block uh, block rating is 78.7, which is 13th. Not not bad. His run blocking grade, this is where it really stands out, 89.6. That's second among Damn. all tackles. Awesome. Yeah, dude, he's a beast. And something else to note, too, just to further show how great he is, J.J. Watt, obviously when the Saints play the Texans, very good edge rusher. He now leads the league in pressures after getting blanketed, uh, nothing, uh, that that game, on 29 rushes by Ramchak in week one. That's how good Ryan Ramchak has been. So, let's see. Some other ones, more defensive stuff. Uh, someone asks, where's uh, Cam's and Davenport's uh, production on their pressure? And then two days ago, PFF Saints wrote, heading into Monday Night Football, Davenport, 29 pressures. Ranked sixth in the league. He's actually beating Jordan, man. Two firsts, uh, obviously worth it. And Jordan, 28, is tied for seventh in total pressures. And then, uh, for clarity, Watt is sitting at 35 after he hit the Falcons for a dozen this past weekend. Falcons, hear me out, boy. You suck. All right. Uh, Some other stats. Let's see. Oh, let's see. Okay. Ryan Ramchek and Twan Armstead had zero regard for Shaq Barrett's mega start. Of the 20 total pass rushes Barrett had against them, uh, let's see, he failed to record a single win or pressure, man. Wow. He got blanketed. Yeah. Uh, let's, and he also did not win any of his 18 run defense reps against them. So who'd after that? Let's get into some Teddy time, too. Um, let's see. Uh, feel good tweet of the week for Teddy. Yeah, here in week five, second highest passing grade, 86.6. And it's his fourth highest single game passing grade of the of his career and his highest since week two 2015 keep on smiling teddy and if you guys can tell i'm like really excited to read all these tweets and stats i love i love gloating about the saints man they're like 
they're my blood, they're my energy, they're everything about me. So, and a couple, uh, a little bit more love before we get into snap counts. Eric McCoy and Ryan Ramchak, our boys, made the PFF team of the week. McCoy was the highest graded center in the NFL this week, while Ramchak helped dominate the Bucks' defensive front as we touched upon. So, I believe that's all of these stats for PFF. Let me just really look up. Let's see. I just wanted to uh, tell you guys while I'm doing this uh, simultaneously just how awesome those stats have been. Here, Dane, while I look up the snap counts real quick, I had it on uh, another part of Twitter. Uh, just go on a bit what you thought about those stats real oh, quick. Fantastic stuff. Ramchick, the thing about Ramchick, too, is he was projected to be one of the top, if not the top, offensive linemen taken back in that 2017 draft. The fact that he fell to 32 and the Saints were really yep. close to picking Reuben Foster – uh, instead, uh, and he got taken you know, on one pick before. Blessing in disguise, essentially, for, for, for the Saints, especially which, even if Ruben Foster has gone on to have a great career, we did not need him because we have DeMaro Davis, AJ Klein uh, in there at linebacker, and now Ryan Ramchek is one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant, right tackle in the entire game currently, and he's only going to get better because this is his only third season. So I, I think that though that yeah. really shows he was the offensive MVP of the game uh, next to Bridgewater uh, for them. Um, and then the whole Michael Thomas uh, grading is, is just great. He also leads the league in receiving. He leads the league in receiving yards now as well, which is which is awesome. Uh, second in yards per game. Um, and then defensively, I'm, I was surprised to see Eli Apple, uh, the number one graded guy, but it makes sense because he, he gave up uh, less catches than, than Lattimore. I was expecting Lattimore to be uh, there, but Apple was just dominant. Uh, whoever he was matched up against. But yeah, Godwin had his wins over Bell and PJ Williams and, and that's what led to the touchdown, so which is unfortunate, but no yeah. great great all around performance by both sides of the ball. I was super impressed. Same man, same. So I found the snap counts. I appreciate you holding out uh for me there for a sec. So I found uh let's go over those. So if you guys were curious, we mentioned Carl Granderson before. He sees a slight snap increase i'm just going to read over the highlights of the snaps and then i'll get into the actual numbers chauncey garner johnson a rookie uh, a dude that i really like and i hope he really makes a big impact for a secondary he played over 50 percent of the defensive snaps the saints got six sacks following while allowing my pardon me cameron jordan to take a breather he only played 78 percent man that's depth right there and the offensive uh Offense, uh, offensive players played more snaps than the defense. That's always a good sign. The Saints primarily using nickel now as their primary coverage. Uh, it's been dominant. So let's get into that. You had 70 snaps offensively and 59 for the defense. Uh, for offense, you had typically, you know, uh, typical the offensive line: Warford, Armstead, Pete, Ranchek, and McCoy. They all played 100%. Teddy Bridgewater. Played a little less, 65, because, of course, you have sometimes Taysom Hill coming in. You had that one play where Alvin Kamara threw. So we had Michael Thomas playing 64, which is 91%. Let's see some other ones. Alvin Kamara only played 69% with 48 snaps. Let's see Tag Ginn played a lot with 45, which is 64%. Jerry Cook played a good amount. Luckily, he got a touchdown. He played 60%, which is 42. Let's see. Austin Carr played a little bit with 17 snaps. Latavius Murray uh, played a little with 23. Uh, Will Clapp, the backup center, uh, in this case, that's who he was list listed as, played 10, uh, which is 14%. Let's get into the defense. Let's see. Uh, like we mentioned, uh, 
the Saints are primarily a nickel team. And you had uh, Marcus Williams, Von Bell, Eli Apple, and Marshawn Lattimore all playing 100%. So that's really good. You had Ronald Davis, the next uh, person on defense up, played 95%. We had A.J. Klein play 90%. You mentioned Cam Jordan with 78 That's really good considering you have an amazing defensive end. And you're so loaded with depth. I think the Saints are like 7, 8, or 9 deep now with defensive players that can step up and uh, be dominant for them. You have that many people, and you don't need your all-pro. You can keep him rested and fresh and healthy to dominate opposing quarterbacks. It just goes to show you how crazy our defense is right now. Uh, we mentioned uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson played 51% with 30 snaps. Davenport, uh, this uh, even though he had two sacks, only played 66% of the snaps. Malcolm Brown played 49%. And then you had some other ones like Mario Edwards, uh, the backup, played 39%. Shai Tuttle, 20%. Kiko Alonso, linebacker, played 17%. Wow, that's crazy how... Mm. So, uh, looking at the linebackers, it, it was mainly... Demario Davis AJ Klein played so much. Yeah. And then you go down the list, and the next linebacker... I'm surprised Alonzo doesn't play more, but well, um, it's because they're playing a lot of that nickel. nickel. So yeah, the that's fifth, why. the fifth defensive back is taking up a majority of. Uh, so what? Lattimore, Apple, uh, Bell, and Williams play a majority of the snaps. How? how what? What was Williams' percent? Uh, Marcus Williams was 100. No, sorry, PJ, PJ Williams, Williams was 85. percent 85. percent So there you go. PJ Williams played a majority of the game in place of whatever the third yeah. linebacker they usually use. And part of that is because Alex Anzalone is out. Vanzalone yeah, was in more. He's athletic enough to kind of fill in as a quote-unquote nickel guy. But so yeah, you got Kiko Alonso now, one of the one of the worst cover linebackers in the game. <laughs> you got to go with uh, with a little bit more nickel. So that makes sense to me. But yeah, that yeah, is that I'm is, sure that is silly to see. Too. That's crazy. I, depending on what opponents we play, you know, depending on how personnel lines up, I'm sure that would probably change a bit too, considering. But just some other ones. Malcolm Brown played forty nine percent. Sheldon Rankins, he's slowly getting back into into it. He played forty four percent. Let's see, he's awesome, David man. Onyemata played forty six percent. Sheldon Rankins is incredible. Yeah, man, I love that shimmy, man. He makes his shimmy look good for yeah. a big guy, that's and, for sure. And the fact that he is playing so many snaps so early from his uh, the injury that he had earlier this year, love the man. It's incredible. Yeah, and that's about all of it, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. so. Good stats, good snap counts. You know, hopefully the Saints can keep it up, you know? Yeah, I think we've covered just about every aspect of this. Uh, not a whole lot of players to call out for improvement. I would like to see Jared Cook not drop the ball, but he had a great game. Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris, true, man. A couple of, couple of games in a row where he's muffed some punts, yeah. Um, I still believe in him, though. But, yeah, if, if he has another game like that, you bet your butt he's going to find his on the bench. So... Yeah. Um, Sean Payton yeah. doesn't like no, those kind of things. He really no excuses. doesn't. But he does believe in Harris, and 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 Harris understands that. So I I I wouldn't be surprised if Harris has uh, just goes off against Jacksonville. But there, Jacksonville is oh. one of the better special teams uh, units in the, in the league too. So it's e- much easier said than done against this team. But yeah, I think we, we I think we covered just about everything. We're running out of time for this episode. We're actually going to jump into recording the review episode right after this. So uh, recording this one on a Thursday. Uh, and then we'll be recording the preview episode for the Jaguars game right afterwards as well. So be sure to look out for that. It should be posted uh, uh, tomorrow on Friday. So be sure to check that out. But, um, yeah, that's all the time we have for today. I'm going to throw it for Tyler for the outro. But thank you guys so much for tuning in for today. Yeah, I hope you guys uh, eat a W in life. Unlike Jameis Winston, the Bucks sadly 
did not against the Saints. Um, as far as our social media goes, we primarily operate through Twitter. Make sure to check out our uh, podcast page at the WDD Podcast. You can check my amazing co-host, Dayton Brown, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore, and myself, at Raymond Tyler M. Make sure to check out our po- podcast episodes. We primarily operate and send them through, uh, through the world, through Spreaker.com. That's Speaker, but with an R thrown in there, and uh, iTunes. So I'll throw back to you, man. Fantastic, man. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you very soon. And as always, who dat? Who dat?